God sent to a lot of people that are in here, you know. And if you are able to find people that believe in you, that trust you, that care about you, that, that are your cheerleader, you know, then you have found a treasure. And uh, we just are excited about what Jody's going to bring tonight. We thank you for the anointed word. And we are just going to hand the baton off to her and take us where you would want, dear friend. Hello. <laughs> well, hello. Uh, hey, um, if you don't know me, I'm Jody, and uh, I have an amazing husband of 21 years, uh, Devin. Uh, yeah, he's super fun, and um, I have two awesome kids, Alex and Ava, and they're the joy of our hearts, and we're so thankful. And uh, I appreciate and thank my pastors that they would trust me enough to get up here and speak to you. So. Part of my prayer is that I don't say any bad words up here because uh, I work in a kitchen. And let me tell you about kitchen life. It can be rough, uh, you know, uh, when you're making people's food. But I do believe that restaurant life, I do believe that there's two industries in the marketplace that God really loves, and that's restaurants and banking because you hear a lot about food in the Bible and you hear a lot about money. So I really think that that's two of his things. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just joking. That's just me being silly. But I do believe that food is important uh, in, the, in the Bible. He talks a lot about it. Doesn't he say in a song that he's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemy? Didn't he also say that there would be a marriage supper? So there is a, there is a, there is a facet to food uh, that is important. Uh, it gives us life. It gives us strength. And um, you can relay that to natural and spiritual things. And so it's just a lot of fun uh, that I get to do that with um, an amazing team. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. And um, so uh, hopefully what I have for you tonight uh, will make some sense. Uh, I am not a full-time minister. Uh, My husband was graciously given the opportunity to prepare for three months, and I was given a week. And... uh, (laughs) And I think I had, I think we had events every single night last week. And I'm like, you know, so all through the week. But I talk to the Lord all the time, all throughout the day. Ask anybody at work. Um, I'm either talking to myself or them or the Lord. Um, But I'm always carrying on a conversation with somebody. And um, (laughs) it's a lot of words. So by the end of the day, I don't have a whole lot of words to give. But how about we pray uh, before we get into this? All right. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. Oh, man, it's just good to be here, Father. We thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And, of course, this is the day that you have made, and so we choose and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you that as I speak tonight that your words come forth, that I'm just the vessel here to carry out what you would have me say to minister your life and your strength and your peace and your presence and your hope and your love to these people, Father. They're your kids, Father. And so just help me uh, usher in your presence and and give them what they need that will help them strengthen them for the rest of the week. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, like I said, I only had a week to prepare. But, you know, one of the great things is I've I've been doing this life with Jesus wholeheartedly for about 25 years now. And let me just tell you something. Following God and living for God is really not complicated. It is a conscious choice that you make every single day, minute by minute, 
day by day, week by week, and year by year. And the longer that you choose to continue to seek him, to, to endeavor to do life with him, the more fruit you're going to produce in your life. That doesn't mean that it's going to be a perfect walk, guys. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have a storms. But it's so much better. You know, how many times do you see people, uh, unfortunately, they're on fire for God for a long time, and then a trauma, an event comes into their life, and it just knocks them out. And the first one they fall away from is God. When he's the one who's the most faithful. And so, you know, I encourage you if you're struggling in any way. And I'm going to share a little bit about Samson's life with you. I was telling some of the girls about it today. Um, he's, he's really, he, he's really an, an interesting guy to me. Um, and paralleling a little bit of his actions to King David's actions and the difference between the two. Um, but... For a few weeks now, maybe even a couple of months, I have been personally praying for the Lord to heal my soul because my spirit is saved, but my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And that's where wounds come in, guys. That's where fractures come in. That's where we have to um, navigate through hurts and losses and, and victories and things like that. Those are all. And so I've really been praying, you know, like, Lord, if, you know, wherever the fractures are, you know, because if you've been around me long enough to know, you know that I can have Peter syndrome at any moment. Do you know what Peter syndrome is? I can love you one minute, cut your ear off the next, you know, but then I'm right back like, I'm sorry, forgive me, you know, but I just, that's just who I am. And I've actually come to like who I am. Uh, you know, there's only one of me and there's only one person in the world that was made to, to live with me and that's Deb and no one else in this world could live with me. Um, and so, and there's only one of you, there's only one of you, there's not another replacement for you. And so I say that to say, you know, everybody has a call on their life because there's only one part, there's only one you that can carry out that assignment. So your assignment is not any less than mine, and my assignment's not any greater than yours. My assignment is totally different from yours. And so you really can't get into comparing your life as my, if their life is greater than mine because there's only one you. So you only have your assignment. So you can't compare it to each other, okay? So if that helps you at all to free you up a little bit when you think that someone's doing so much better in this, if they tried to do what your assignment was, they would fail miserably and vice versa. Okay, now you can have similar characteristics in that, but that doesn't mean so. Anyway, so I've been, I've been asking the Lord about that. And so I just, when I started thinking about that, then Samson came up. And how many of you know the whole story of Samson? Do you know that he was married? Or do you just know about Delilah? Well, I didn't know. Okay. Um, I mean, you can read the Bible a hundred times and still not know it, right? You can still. So let me just give you a little backstory of Samson. Samson, uh, when he was, his mother, uh, the Lord, an angel appeared to his mother and uh, told her she was barren. She couldn't have kids. And she said, you're going to have a son. And then she went back. She told her husband, uh, the angel, and he's like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, I don't know who it was. And so he said, Lord, if it's you, come again. And so he did, and he said, hey, you're going to have a son. You know, he said, teach us how to take care of him. He said, well, don't cut his hair. Don't let him eat any unclean thing. Don't let him drink any wine, that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? Samson did all that. Um, So as his life got older. But 
You know, Samson was, and Samson was, um, before they had kings, uh, they had judges in Israel. And so he served in, in a nutshell, he served in Israel for about 20 years. But during that time, at the beginning of it, when he was a young man, he uh, saw a Philistine woman and he liked the way she looked. And he said, hey, dad, go get her for me. And, um, and his parents were like, she's not, she's not from our camp. Uh, but, but they went ahead and did it for him. And I don't know if that's because it was their only son uh, or, or what kind of strings he pulled on them to go, I've got, to, I want her. I want to marry this woman. And um, little did they know that God had kind of set that up because he wanted them to, the Israelites, to take back over the Philistines at some point. So, but in that... Uh, so during the course of it, he goes, and if you, know, you guys know that Samson was very strong. He's known for his strength. Anytime we think about Samson, we think we, he's known for his strength, right? So he, marry, he goes to marry this woman. He goes to meet her and do the however they do their processional. And um, on the way there, he's walking with his parents, and he kills a lion. They don't know about it. He kills a lion. He rips the carcass completely in half, leaves it on the side of the road. His parents never knew. He goes on. Uh, to meet with them, set up the arrangements for the wedding, and a time later he comes back, uh, and they're going back to to finish the marriage process, and that lion carcass is there, and now there's like a beehive in it and some honeycomb, and he goes up to it, and he goes up to it, he scoops the honey out, he starts eating it, gives it to his parents to eat. They have no idea. They have no idea. So he comes up with a riddle. He gets to uh, he gets to there and he's, they've got like 30 guys that are going to be with him. I guess like his bachelor party. I have no idea the wedding party. I don't know, but 30 guys. And he gives them this riddle, and he tells them this riddle. And he says, if you can figure it out in seven days, I'll buy you 30 pieces of clothes. But if you can't figure it out, you're going to buy me 30 pieces of clothes. So all during these festivities, the guys are trying to figure out this this riddle. And so they go to Samson's wife, Timna, I think her name was. And they are just bugging her. You know, you, you got to tell him. You brought this guy in here, this, you know, this guy that's not part of our tribe. You brought him in here. Now he's saying we're going to have to give him 30 pieces of clothing if we don't figure this out. Da, da, da. So she starts going to Samson. And she's just going day after day crying and just, oh, please, why would you tell me this riddle? Why would you tell me? And he's like, my parents don't even know the answer to this riddle. So finally, she wears him down so much. She wears him down so much that he finally just gives in and tells her. Well, what does she immediately go do? She goes and tells. First act of betrayal. First act of betrayal. So he's mad. Because they've come to him. So now he has to step out. He goes to some other village, kills 30 men, gets their clothing, and brings it back to the guys. And he's so ticked off, he leaves, and he leaves his wife there. Well, the father-in-law's like, oh, my gosh. So what does the father, father-in-law do? He annuls the marriage and now takes uh, Samson's wife and gives her to his best man. Did you know that drama? That is some drama, unbeknownst to Samson, right? He's just ticked off. He's left. He's gone back to his dad's. Doesn't say how long he was at his dad's, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to go see my wife. I'm going I'm to go see my wife. He goes back. I can't remember what they said if he had like a, I mean, I could read it to you. It's in Judges 13, but I want you all to go read Judges 13 and 14. It is full-blown better than uh, Young and the Restless. <laughs> Y'all don't even know what that is. It's a soap opera. Those were a long time ago before you guys were even a twinkle in our eyes, okay? 
Once upon a time, there were these shows that came on in the middle of the day when women didn't work as much, and we got to stay home and watch all this drama. Yes. And then you would talk about it with your grandmother about what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Some of you know. Bold and the Beautiful, that was late to the game. Bold and Beautiful was late to the game. General Hospital, Luke and Laura. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm off. So Samson goes back. He's going back. He's got a gift. He's going to see his wife, and he gets to his uh, father-in-law's house, and, his, and he's like, I don't see my wife. And he's like, she, she, she can't go see her. She's married. And he's like, uh-huh, that's my wife. you know. And he's like, I thought you hated her. I, I gave her to your best man. And so he's hot again, okay? He is mad again. It's the second betrayal, okay? We've gone through two betrayals now with our betrothed, the one that we love, the one that we were going to spend our life with. Two betrayals, all right? He goes, I want you to understand, this is amazing. 300 foxes, he grabs 300 foxes, ties their tails together, puts some kind of fire stick in the middle of each of their tails, I mean, picture this. One man doing this. This is real. This isn't fake. And they take off through the grain fields, and they burn up all the fields. Well, now the tribe is like, dude, what has happened? Who did this? And they're like, Samson did it. Why did Samson do it? Well, his father-in-law gave gave Timna to his best man. What? (laughs) So what do they do? Any idea? They set him, the father-in-law, and the wife on fire and burn them to death. Now we got trauma. You got a wounded man who is so angry. He has, he has fallen in love. She's betrayed him right off the bat. He goes back to give her another opportunity, find out she's been pushed to someone else, And then he gets mad about that, right? Frustration, frustration, frustration. And then he realizes because of his frustration, he's now caused her death. So we are wounded, we are broken, we are sad, we're distraught. So what does he do? He goes and lives in a rock. He goes and lives in a rock. If you go back and you read that story, the biggest thing that you see in that or that spoke to me was you never see where he repented. You never see where he sought out God. Now, the difference between that's where it was a big difference with David and him because, you know, King David was a ringtail tutor too, you know. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Do you know that uh, scholars say that uh, Samson ended up becoming an alcoholic? That that is the reason why when he, when because most of us know the story of Samson and Delilah, right? And for him to be able to fall asleep and not know that someone was cutting off his hair after so many years had to be in some type of stupor. And so they say that he was possibly quite an alcoholic because it's, and, and the Spirit of God, here was the thing, the Spirit of God was always with him. Even when he was messing up. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You can, you can mess up. You can mess up in life. And God's always going to remain faithful to you. We don't remain faithful, but he remains faithful to you. But the difference is, it's a heart of repentance. Okay? And that's where we have to get to. We all mess up. That was the great thing about King David. King David... Uh, 
just in a nutshell, he had a guy murdered because he wanted his wife, because he got her pregnant, because, do y'all know that story? Okay, we'll go read it if you don't. (laughs) But that was the difference, is that soon as David realized how bad he had messed up, uh, if, and, and I'll just tell you this, uh, David and Bathsheba had their first child. She got pregnant um, out of a, 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 a bad situation. She was pregnant, and the child got sick, and um, the prophets were telling him the child's going to die, and David fasted and um, didn't, you know, he just fasted and laid in sackcloth for seven days, hoping that the Lord would spare the child, but it wasn't that at all. The child ended up dying, but... Uh, after that, he got up and ate, and he went and he worshipped the Lord. So he was always mindful to go back because it was never God's actions. It were his actions that got him there. But God always restored him. And that, I think, is important, too, because if you pay attention and you read through those two stories, another significant thing that comes up is you don't hear anywhere in those uh, those accounts where Samson had someone speaking into his life or where he was seeking out a mentor. He was not seeking out a prophet to speak to him. King David had Samuel and Nathan, and he respected them as the men of God. It is so important, guys. There's no way I could do life successfully without my pastors. There's no way. It's a mutual relationship. I ministered a message years ago um, uh, on what do you have in your house that the Lord had given me. And one of the things the Lord spoke to my heart was, is you have kings and priests. And kings are businessmen and priests are pastors. And the Lord said, uh, a priest can't go go without a king and a king can't prosper without a priest. They work together. And so those were the things that I think made David so successful is that even in his mistakes, even when he was messing up, he would always come back to God. And he always listened to what the pastor, for for an easy term, would say to him. And he would do that and listen. Listen, if you're in the right place with the right people, you can trust your pastors have your best interest at heart. Your pastors aren't there to look down and judge your life. Your best pastors are there to help build your life up because your life matters and your life counts. And that was the thing that I thought was really sad. You know, there is a difference for people. You can live your life one of two ways. You can live uh, a successful life or you can live a significant life. A successful life is pretty much just about you. And when you're successful, when you die, it dies with you. A significant life is a successful life that has passed over because a a significant life has gone past and wants to make the lives of other people better. And a significant life leaves a legacy. It produces fruit. And so those are the things that you want to look for. And so even though they both, I think they both, I think both Samson and uh, King David live significant lives. I do. Uh, at the end, um, at the end of Samson's life, do you guys know, you know, his last, his last um, uh, big, big display. He had miracles all through, but his last big display of the power of God moving in his life was right before he died. And, um, 
when his hair was all cut off, he lost his strength, right? He lost his strength. But in that, and they had plucked out his eyes so he couldn't see. And when he was on, when he was, he was, some, he was working in a grinder, whatever they did. I don't know if he was so strong that they pushed a meal and he ground stuff and everything. But they said, bring him out. We want to see him dance, which I was like, how would he dance? I didn't even understand that. I was like, who, why would you? It's weird. Anyway, but he, they, he said, prop me up between two pillars. And his hair had started to grow back. So funny on them, they didn't know the strength of God was coming back. And um, it was so, it's so interesting and precious at the same time because uh, Samson said, God, will you remember me? Will you remember me? And he remembered him enough to put that account in the Bible for us to know. Because, you know, there were many, many people in those days that were used by God. But I wonder, is Samson's story in there because he said, remember me? You know, because he did come back to the Lord at the end. He was truly, you know, sorry for those things. You know, in the presence of God, there's truly, there's fullness of joy, guys. There really, really is. You can be going through a tough situation, and you can literally sit in the presence of God nowhere else. You can't sit in front of Netflix. You can't sit um, in just in front of the TV and you can sit in the presence of God, and you don't have to have a mask on. There's no reason to wear a mask with God. Social media is the biggest mask I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Pretty much, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. But you don't have to wear a mask with God. The way I talk to you is the same way I talk to him. I'm as real with him as I am with you now. I have nothing to hide. He knows it anyway. So why not bring it to him and allow him to be a part of your life and let him help you through that? Let him be there in the tough times. You know, that's the, that's the, the biggest thing I tell the girls at work when we're going through situations or when I'm dealing with some stuff because, I mean, I mean, raise your hand if you've been betrayed. Raise your hand if you've been lied to. Raise your hand if you've been used. Raise your hand if you've been the betrayer. I mean, hello, right? We've all done it. We've all done it, Right? And you can do one of two things with that. You can either hide in your shame because you feel bad, or you can take it to God and be like, fix it, fix it. Because I tell them all the time at work, there's nothing I can do. The only thing I can do is fix this. I can't do anything to change what the other person does, but I can fix my heart and I can keep my heart right. You know, Nikki thinks it's funny. I don't know what I've said. I have no But it's okay. It's all right. Tiffany. Tiffy. No, y'all are good. I love them girls. They crack me up. You know, one of the things that Dr., if you, if you remember Dr. Rob Carmen, one of the things he said that stuck with me so much was he said at night before he would, he go, would go to bed, he would get on his knees by his bed and he would say, to the extent, Lord, I give you all the toxicity of the day. I give you all the garbage of the day. And I thank you that you take it. And I'm paraphrasing, but this is what I got from it. And I thank you that you fill me up with fresh oil, that you fill me up with your anointing, that you fill me up with your strength. And truly, when you really will apply that to your life, the joy of the Lord does become your strength. 
There's a strength. You know, you can be, you, you can walk through a situation, guys, it's, it, that is not fun at all and still have the joy of the Lord. It doesn't mean you're rejoicing about the situation, but you have a confidence and you have a peace and you have a strength that no one else can give you. And those are, that's, that's, why would I want to live any different from that? Why would I want to live apart from that? Once you've tasted and seen how good God is, as you were saying earlier, I had it written in my notes, you know, I've seen and tasted the goodness of God. I've seen God restore my life. I've seen it. I've seen him be faithful to me when I wasn't. I've seen him be faithful to me when I was in sin. I've seen him be faithful to me when I'm serving him. I've seen him be faithful when I wasn't serving him. He is faithful all the time. All the time. Is this making any sense to you guys? I know one of the things that my uh, that they told us, brother, not brother Hagen, Pastor Hagen, would always tell us at Rama was, we cannot quit and we will not be defeated. Yep. You know, if you're a, if you are in Christ, if you are a born again child of God, you are an overcomer, and no temptation, no situation should ever take you out. You know. It is a fight, but you've got a whole nother advantage that the world doesn't have. And so it's so important when that when those times come, when you have those tests and trials come, that you have a body of the right voices, the right people believing the same thing as you do, to surround you and help you and lift you up and carry you through that and walk with you and pray with you. Because at some point you're going to do the same thing for them. You know? You're going to do the same thing for them. And, and that's, I, I love that about this church. When we came to CCAM, I, we have the, I don't know if you guys really understand how precious and how blessed we are to have this church. Uh, I came out of a very perfectionist mentality, very much a performance mentality, and very much in a broken state and ready to leave church. I was done. I only wanted Jesus, but I wanted nothing to do with the church. I thought it was fake. I thought it was false. And I didn't want nothing to do with it. But I had a, I had a mentor through podcast that, when I say literally raised me up off of the bed of offense and brokenness to get me to this place, I'm so thankful. And you have, these people have been so patient, and they see you for who you were created to be and who you're called to be. And they stand with you and they believe in you and they believe with you and they don't ever give up on you. They don't. They don't. And who, and and they've walked with uh, Devin and I pretty much since, I don't know, eight months after I started Go Fresh. You know, they've been there the whole time. They've, they, they've, seen, they've seen the frustration. They've seen everything and they've never wavered. They've never just said, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about that. You know, they've always been faithful, you know, always shown up, always been there with encouragement, always believed in it, and that provides a strength. And so your church family, don't ever take that for granted. And it's so, you you think it's hard when someone walks out of your life. It's hard when someone walks out of their life. Because they've poured into them. They've, they've mentored them. They've developed. You know, they've been there for you. They love you. Now, there's a difference when you just walk away or if you're promoted. Right? And then they release you with a blessing. I tell the girls all the time, there's a right way to leave and there's a wrong way to leave. You can either leave with a blessing or not. You know? 
This seems like so mellow. Like I thought I was going to get up here and like be like, you know, like fire and yeah, you know, and be all excited because when I was, because this is how I do my notes. Do y'all know where this is from? It's from my phone. These notes are from my phone. I live out of my phone. I don't have time to write in this season in my life. I really don't. And if I did write, I couldn't read it. And so I voice text so much. I voice text so many things. I voice text my to-do list every night. I voice text. I mean, even texting is too slow for me. I'm like, we gotta just got to talk. I just got to get it out there. And the first time I did, uh, I think it was, what, what year is it? 21? When did I go to Jamaica? 15? I went to Jamaica in 15? And then I voice texted my sermon. I voice texted my sermon. And I didn't read through it because it was in my heart. And I sent it to, uh, and then the pastors we were with, they said, well, send it to us so that we have it. And I was like, okay. I never proofed it or nothing. Y'all, some of the words that were in there, I was talking about the bald-headed man. And that pastor was bald-headed. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. But anyway, so this is, this is, this is my notes. And this is, uh, this is where I live in this. But anyway, I was, I was so excited this morning. I was like voice texting all this stuff. And I was like, yes, hallelujah, glory to God, and all this. And then now I'm just like sitting here like, whoo, like I took 47 ashwagandhas. And I'm like real chill. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what ashwagandha is. It's an Ayurvedic herb. It's totally legal. It's totally legal. It's totally life-changing. And I pedal them out all the time at work. Because it's either that or my doll, for real. So, <laughs> no joke, no joke. But you know, if I can say anything, if I can say anything to you tonight that's going to encourage you and going to strengthen you and it's going to build you up, is that stay the course, stay the course, no matter how rough it gets, no matter how good it gets. You know, a lot of people leave when it gets good. A lot of people leave when it gets good. When they start getting blessed, things start clicking, things start rolling, they got a little more money in the checkbook, oh, I'm good. And then they come back a year later, broke and crying, and God raises them up again, and they're good for a little while, and then, ooh, it starts clicking again. Where's so-and-so? I ain't seen him for three months. So... Staying faithful, staying consistent. There is, that's what I tell the girls about product. Consistency is everything. Our food has to be consistent. If you come in one day and I fix your sandwich one way, and the next day, if coach isn't working, and we fix it, it could come out another way, right? If, if you come in and you never know what you're going to get, are you going to get frustrated? Yeah, it's like, well, I ordered that, and I got this, Right? So consistency is everything. Consistency, you know, you have to work on relationships. You have to develop. You have to take time. You have to spend time with the one true king, guys. You know, and it's not out of religion, and it's not out of works. It's out of relationships, and it's out of love. It's out of love. Knowing that you have, if nobody else is your cheerleader, if nobody else were on your side, if nobody else was going to believe in you and pick you up, he will. And you got to know that he's big enough. If you're not surrounded by people or if you're struggling to make new friends or whatever and you're sitting here going, God, I'm believing, I'm doing this, you got to know he's big enough that he will bring the right people to you. But you got to get out. And this is where it starts, right here. Being with other believers. That's where it starts. And that's where life begins. 
And that's where, that's where things come off of you. And you become who you were created to be. That's what I love about the girls when they come, when they come to me um, and we, when they're, they come in victory. And they're walking out their victory. I love watching their personalities develop. Because sometimes those personalities are stuck way inside. And because of fear and trauma and, and whatever, they've held themselves in for so long. And it's just like an onion being peeled back. You start to see the layers come off. And there, a lot of them are hilarious. Some are weird. Yeah. Jordan! No, I'm just kidding. No, I love weird. But... The, the change and the transformation becoming who they were created to be, it's only going to have a positive effect and encouragement on someone else. If you never step out, if you never become a part of a body, if you never allow God to be a part of your life, whose life is not going to be changed and they're not going to become and created to be because you wouldn't let yourself be. You know? And so this is the place where we start. If you've messed up, if you hadn't quite figured it out, if you hadn't thought you were significant, if you haven't thought you had anything to offer, I'm just going to let you know you have been greatly deceived. And that is a lie. And every person in here is valuable. And every person in here is needed. And everybody in here brings something to the table. And everybody has a supply. And everybody has something to say. Well, I'm not preaching from the pulpit. So what? I've done this like once and like, how many years? Big deal. I used to crack up because we'd be at Rama. We were at my Bible school. And there would be people, just get on my nerves. You know, because I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> Have at it. Have at it. I feel like we do more pastoring. I feel like, I feel like the restaurant's like a church. Yeah. I really do. You got your faithful ones that come eat there three and four times a week. You got ones that are one-timers. You got ones that just want to visit and then they want to go talk about you. You know, you got, I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's so true. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm sorry. Are you embarrassed? Oh, my gosh. Alex is hiding by his dad. I won't pick on you, honey. It's okay. It's all right. He does. He does love his mama. He does love his mama. But I hope you get something out of it. I hope you took away at least one thing. Just know you can't hide it from God. Give it all to God. Let him be a part of it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those things are added to you. Don't hold back what's inside of you out of fear because someone needs what you have. I'm so thankful. I, this, the, the, I call them the fabulous felt nurse. I absolutely love these people. Absolutely love them. Precious. When they first walked in the door, I was like, who's this door? Who's, who's this waiter man? Who's this, who's this person? And now we call him dad or pops. He won't let us call him Mr. Feltner, but I do like to say the fabulous Feltners. You know, and they're so precious. And I'm so glad that they've chosen to come here. I hope you stay. I hope that your needs are met here. I hope that you get what you've been desiring because I believe it can be here. Because there's some good people in here that you can connect with and celebrate with and, and do life with. And, um, and so I love that. You know, uh, 
Let's see who, and I just, I, I, you know who else I think is really, really cool? I used to love it. Pastor Andy would do this. I'm sorry. Pastor Andy would look at people in the congregation. He would do it more when it was their birthdays. Do you remember that, Pastor Greg? Pastor Angel, and he would just look at certain ones, or it was their birthday, and he'd build them up and encourage them. But I really think it's really cool for Tyler and Courtney. Really, really cool. Watching the transformation of how God is moving in their lives, working through them, and the people that they're going to touch. I mean, that's that's really cool. That's a whole. That's a whole... It's a whole generation being shifted, and I think that's really, really awesome. So stay the course. I know you're young, but stay the course. Don't give up. Don't turn away. It's not worth it. You know, you, know, you never want to be like an Israelite. You don't want to be that. Don't look back and say, that was pretty good back there when it really wasn't. It was convenient, but it wasn't good. This is good. This is good. So stay here, you know. And, of course, I adore all my girls. I love my Nikki, my Megan, my Tiffy, my Jeannie now, my my Teeny. I ain't going to say it. I'm not going to say it. She has the most beautiful name in the world, y'all, and she won't let me say it. It's amazing. And my Angela. Don't say it. Don't. No. But there's so many amazing people in here, and no one is greater than the other. And so celebrate each other. Amen. Amen. Anything else, Pastor G? Well, here's a good thing. The time changes, so I expect you all to be at prayer at 9 because you'll be early because you'll have slept and you'll think it's really later and it's not. So you'll be on time. Ha ha. So anyway, anyway, well, uh, your homework is you're going to read Judges 3, uh, thir- Judges 13 and 14, and you can even go and read Second Samuel, I think 6 is where it starts really talking about David's life and think- King David's life and things like that. Um, And just be encouraged because if they messed up and God still used them, he can still use you. Amen? All right, so let's close out in prayer. Is that it, right? Okay. Father, well, bless the Lord. We made it through it, Father. Glory to God. We didn't say any bad words. Praise you. And so we, (laughs) so thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Father. I thank you that words went forth that at least uh, spoke into their hearts and they'll walk out with something out of here, Father. Let the rest of our week be endued with your strength and your power and your grace and your joy and your hope that we're fueled up and ready to to hit the ground running and we'll be back here on Sunday morning with bells on and because we're going to be early and in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.